everyone. Welcome to the Worship Artistry Podcast. My name is Jason Houtsma, and with me for the last episode of the season, Mr. Daniel Ornelas. What's up, Daniel? What's up, man? This is it. Dude, I know. Lost now we're never going to talk again until September. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> we, only, we only talk to each other. Guys, here's the news. We actually hate each other. We're like those artists <laughs> that like have separate dressing rooms because we don't actually talk to each other normally. We only talk to each other on the podcast, and then we just like go throw up afterwards. Yeah, I don't even know who you are, really. <laughs> you have no idea how true that is. <laughs> <laughs> perfect, perfect. I'm not even South African. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even American. <laughs> oh, gosh, that's so dumb. Okay. Uh, hey, uh, how, is, how have you been, Daniel? How are you I'm, on, on I'm... this final episode? I'm really good, man. I'm actually about to go on a on a cruise again. It's about oh, that time of year. Suffering for Jesus. <laughs> yeah, heading out to uh, Europe this time to do a um, like a European cruise with Convoy of Hope. So that's going to be exciting. It's in eight days' time or nine days' time. Taking my wife with me, so pretty exciting. Uh, what about you? What you got going on for the summer? Man, just just kind of laying back. We got our we got our. Our uh, website all launched. Now we're working on vocals, and there's kind of like that was like I mentioned last time, like that was the first domino to fall. So just kind of uh, getting you guys to just you know backfill those songs and and uh, redoing everything. But the um, but I, dude, I have to tell you this. I have to tell you about this last weekend. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of one of those like I can't believe this all came together the way it did. So uh, so Sunday. Uh, my son Bjorn and uh, and his friend Hunter were working on a school project, and they had to do a uh, they had to they had to basically make this like Spanish cuisine for their Spanish class. Yeah. So my wife and I are, are helping them. Out. It, was, it was mostly my wife. I was dead tired. It was after church, which oh I don't know if that for, does that happen to you. Like I get done with church and I am done. It's crazy. I know. I don't know what it is. It's like I like Sunday afternoon. Every other day is fine. I work hard, and then it's like lead worship for you know for one service and i get done i'm just like i just want to go to sleep i don't even even if i just sit in church and then leave <laughs> i get <laughs> i get that quiet i get that tired maybe you should try a different church <laughs> oh, a church alive is worth the drive <laughs> <laughs> well anyway so we're so we're sitting there we're kind of working on this and um and uh we get a call from my my son's friend chris who i've talked about on the podcast before he's the one that has cancer um, yes, he had his leg removed. He's been down in Seattle for seven months, just getting horrible chemo treatments. But uh, Bjorn and him have been like on the on Skype or, or uh, FaceTime or whatever almost every day, and it's awesome. They just built this really sweet relationship. It's I hope it lasts forever. It's so cool. Um, but anyway, so Chris calls on FaceTime. I'm like, oh, it's Chris. We'll bring him on, you know. And he's also friends with this kid Hunter. They're both in the same. They're all in the same class. And, yeah. uh, and like my kids get on, they're like, Hey, are, are you coming home soon? And he's just like super quiet. And he goes, I don't know. And then he starts showing the, <laughs> and he starts showing the camera around that room and he's back at his house. So he, that is crazy. So he just got home. So here's the thing. So like the, the two kids, he lives like, I don't know, four blocks away or so. They literally, they don't ask, they don't say anything. They just went, we're coming over. And they run out the door. And so we're so we're on Skype and we see them we see them like run in and just like give him huge hugs and everything and it was like it was just like such a cool culmination of everything and then he came over for like the afternoon and just hung out and 
It was just oh, amazing. that's so awesome, it's man. It's so amazing to have at home. But the, the thing that's so cool about it is like, there's so many things that went into motion that made that happen that way. Like, yeah. in any other scenario, you know, the fact the hunter was over, like, actually the boys were going to go over there, over to his house initially, right? My mom was going to have her birthday party that afternoon. And instead she said, she's like, oh, dad's going to be tired. Let's move it to the evening. Like, there was just so many things that happened to get us all in that same place. And then it just was this unbelievably special thing. That's so cool, man. That's yeah. so freaking cool. That is so awesome. And dude, kids are the best, man. So he gets, so he comes over our house and so he's, he's on crutches and he's still kind of learning to use them before he gets his prosthetic. And he, he's at the bottom of our stairs that lead into our house. And his dad's like, he's never done stairs before. And I'm like, oh no, but I've been on, <laughs> I've been on crutches a, a million times. So I'm like, oh, I'll show you how to do stairs. It's easy. So I start going up and he, and he gets up to like almost the last stairs and he totally just wipes out. He falls he falls forward, like spins over, lands on his back. And there's kind of this moment of, oh no, you know? And, yeah. and Hunter just goes, yeah. And they just throw their arms up in the air and like, yeah, let's get him in the house. And they start like dragging him across the floor. Like, <laughs> That's amazing. They just have no, there's like no awkwardness. There's no fear about anything. They're just like, well, yeah, we, we love him. Of course we're going to go nuts for him. Like it was, it was amazing. That is so cool, man. So it, was, it was a great way to, uh, it was a great way to kick off the summer here. Very cool, man. That's fun. That is super fun. Well, uh, well. Uh, speaking of kicking off, kicking off, uh, we have today. We have Mr. Uh, Cody Fields, who's actually been on our podcast before. He's the he is the uh, the owner of Westminster Effects. In fact, if you've seen the the uh, the Westminster Effects E eighty nine, my overdrive pedal that I use in like pretty much almost all my videos, uh, he's the guy that makes those. And, um, and so I thought, you know, there's kind of a lot that's changed. They've been growing a lot as a company, making a lot of different changes. I've been trying a few things and uh, I thought, oh, it'd be cool to have him on. And I'm not gonna lie, guys, we, we geek out pretty hard. It's definitely, <laughs> it's one of the geekier, geekier ones. But I, my hope is that even if you're not a guitarist, that you'll, you'll get something out of it just from the perspective of being able to speak with your guitar players. Cause there's, it's such a big deal to be like on a worship team and be able to talk about your other team members instrument and so uh and so i think it's well worth it we talk a little bit about all the crazy theology yeah there's some theology in there for sure in the beginning yeah it has to be if it's if it's this guy oh dude, i know everything is just like westman you know it's like a john piper overdrive and it's, he's like naming all these theologians that i mean some of them i know but some of them i'm like wait who <laughs> he's like you should read him man he's good Wittenberg bass preamp. <laughs> right, right, exactly. I know the E89 is the Edwards and the, and the 1689. So it's the John Edwards overdrive. And then the That's 1689, so cool. which is like some, I forget, some confession that changed in 1689. Like, and he's got all this like total nerd, uh, like theolo theology nerd knowledge all around it. So it's pretty I fun. I love it. Do you have one of the Calvin compressors? I don't. I don't. I did have, <laughs> I did, I did have the chick delay. <laughs> that was amazing <laughs> but uh yeah so anyway um it's a i'm not gonna lie it's a pretty long interview but uh, good. Figured we'd, we'd go we'd go big or go home on the last one of the season um we're we are going to still be working hard this summer and uh we're excited because vocals are going to be coming out and uh and uh we have some other things also in the works and we'll still be improving all the mobile stuff that we've created we're going to just keep going with that so um we're gonna be busy but we're gonna take the summer off for the podcast and then we'll be back in the fall so cool. uh, without further ado, Mr. Cody Fields.
Mr. Cody Fields, welcome to the podcast. What's up, man? Glad to be here. Thanks for having me on. Oh, well, I've been uh, I've been thoroughly enjoying uh, a number of your pedals. And so they I'm like, oh no, I, I gotta to go talk to I gotta go talk to more of these guys. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Find out more stuff. <laughs> Let's so, so um so real quick, uh last time we talked to you on the podcast, uh mm-hmm. you were you and uh Aaron Tomberlin were had like combined. Um, mm-hmm. you were yep. kind of just figuring out how this all looks. You were Westminster effects. He is knows you're kind of putting it all together since then mm-hmm. you have bought him out. You're on your own. You're also exactly. running a, a podcast about like Jesus and stuff. And then, um, <laughs> which is really cool. If you haven't checked out the Westminster effects doxology podcast, well yeah. worth the listen. Um, t- tell me where, what's, what's going on? What it, it seems like a lot. Of, I mean, you, you, everything, you, you seem to have less, <laughs> You seem to have less less piercings. I don't know. I feel like there's less yeah. of those. You know. You're yeah. Just, you look older. I had uh, I had that lip ring for like nine years. <laughs> um, I tell this story all the time, and my wife always gives me grief, but she's super <laughs> sentimental, and she cried for an hour when I took it out. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so that was uh, about a year and a half ago when that happened, and uh, I was like. You know, the whole emo swoop thing, like, I ain't got time for that anymore. <laughs> and uh, whatever. So, and I'm starting to go gray and, you know, grew a beard and whatever. So, you're starting to go wise. That's why you're just getting wiser. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, yes. we'll put it that way. I'm, I'm getting wiser. And I'm sure some people would agree that I'm getting wiser just because I got rid of the lip ring. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah. So now I am the, uh, the, I guess you could say sole proprietor over Westminster effects and nose pedal. Now I uh, bought out Aaron uh, about a year and a half ago. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't anything dramatic. It was just, you know, we're in two different parts of the country and that can be pretty tough. And um, since he had been trying to move on from building guitar pedals anyway, it's just like, well, I enjoy this still, so I can take that over and it you know, won't be a problem. So, uh, so just trying to expand those. Um, I think, uh, man, it's been a minute since I've been on here. Since all of that, I've switched all of Westminster's art from screen printing to UV printing, which is basically indestructible. Like I'm sure you've noticed on your new E89, yeah. uh, that that's not going to chip off uh, yeah. like the old screen printed art. And on top of that, I'm moving uh, pretty much everything, at least in the long run, but all of the uh, like single overdrives and the dual drives, compressors, all that good stuff. Uh, at least everything is eventually going to be switched to a soft touch relay bypass, mm-hmm. uh, which people tend to enjoy a little bit, uh, yeah. myself included. Like I'm not I'm not complaining about, you know, the requests that I got for soft touch because that definitely, I think, made the product better. And um, and yeah, since then, we've also uh, we're, we just had episode 50 recorded uh, Monday. So that comes out tomorrow, uh, June 6th, um, episode 50 of the Westminster Effects Doxology podcast, where, you know, part of the uh, part of the mindset behind Westminster Effects is I'm one of those rare musicians who's kind of balanced in terms of right brain, left brain. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, I, I'm pretty analytical for a musician or pretty analytical just in general, <laughs> but, but also having the musical side. So with Westminster, it was, you know, in, in America, we treat church history as the book of acts and then Billy Graham, and then maybe the moral majority in the eighties and, <laughs> and then on up to now. And, but there's 2000 years of, of I love the way Steve Nichols of five minutes in church history puts it. It's, we have 2000 years of family history 
to learn from, mm-hmm. you know, whether we, we talk about someone like Augustine or Luther or the Puritans or, or whoever. And, um, so that's kind of the driving force behind Westminster effects is, Hey, read some books. Uh, we have a lot <laughs> of guys that we can learn from. And so that's kind of also where the doxology podcast came from is, is, Hey, you know, we, we have some of these arguments maybe on gear talk or worship guitar sounds or whatever. And, and some of those discussions are really good. And some of them obviously are, people talking past each other partially because you can't hear inflection and tone through text. Mm-hmm. So uh, in this podcast, and sometimes we'll disagree about stuff. It's, it's me, uh, my lead pastor, Bradley, who also has a lot of worship leading experience and uh, a Lutheran guy named John in Nebraska, <laughs> 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 who I've, who I've gotten to be pretty good friends with. Uh, like he plays a lot of my stuff and, and we mostly agree, you know, he is Lutheran, so he's going to be wrong in some places, right? <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so uh, but but we'll talk about, you know, we'll break down lyrics. Hey, what do we like? What do we not like? Or uh, even, hey, how do we audition people? You know, mm-hmm. even to the, down to the practical stuff. And so just trying to make it a, you know, basically trying to give uh, worship guitarists or worship musicians uh, just a well-rounded discussion over uh thoughts and practices and ideas right. within the church world. Well, it's, yeah, it's amazing how, you know, in, in, in worship music, I think the, the faster things come out and the more they come from like a couple specific voices, um, yep. it, it, it tends to be something that like, I think, I think so quickly we jump on and go, can I use this song? And then like, sometimes mm-hmm. a hook can bury like a weird a weird theological thought. <laughs> like it's and like we've talked about that. This, like, <laughs> like, like man, this sounds great, huh? Yeah, <laughs> you know, like let's. let's I'm let's... pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that's wonky. Yeah, right. And, <laughs> and it's it's hard because it's like music. Just I mean, just like the Bible, like music and everything. Like communication happens between two people. I had I had a little bit of a discussion yeah. with somebody actually this week because we were talking about uh, we were talking about the song Defender which I don't know if you've heard that one. Um, but there's a line in the song where it's talking about God being a defender, right? And there, But there's a line, and we did the song. We taught the song. Um, there's a line in it right in the beginning where she, where, where it's Stephanie Gretzinger and Francesca Battistelli, I think, who, who did it. Um, and, mm-hmm. and she sings a line where she says, like, like really sweetly, like, you bring me the head of my enemy. <laughs> and I had a moment of like, wait, what? Huh? And so, so I just brought up, I brought up the, the idea. That I was like, hey, this is, I understand the context for this, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's comes from this biblical space and yada, yada. Um, but I'm like, I can't just sing that without giving any context. Like, right. Right. Because, and, because, and somebody might go, well, that's from this verse or whatever. And it's like, Oh, okay. But that doesn't mean everybody in my congregation knows that, that it's from yeah. that verse. And yeah. so when, when you sing, bring me the head of my enemy, they might be thinking about Julie over in accounting. Who's been like a real jerk lately. <laughs> and they're just like, yeah, get him!" You know, <laughs> like, no, I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure that's not what, what we're talking <laughs> and about. Then, you know? And then your worship service just becomes a scene out of Pulp Fiction. <laughs> everybody's having a bad time. Like we've been watching. Yeah. Way, you guys have been watching way too much Game of Thrones. Everyone just put it off. Right, put seriously. down the swords or whatever. You know. <laughs> so um, yeah, there's there's definitely something to be said um, for. We've lost our ability, by and large, in the American church to one lament. And two, pray mm-hmm. the imprecatory psalms. So anything of, you know, the head of my enemy or uh, I'm typically the guy who plugs in scripture readings during our, mm-hmm. our worship time at church. 
And and I've kind of made it a point to not skip over the, you know, destruction of the wicked verses that come right literally right before, you know, God comforting his people type right. of verses because we need to be digging through the whole counsel of God, not just the stuff that makes us feel warm and fuzzy inside hmm. where, you know, there there's warnings for a reason. And uh, and I think we should heed those and, and be as familiar as possible with them while while maintaining a balance, I guess you could say, is is, yes, there are warnings and then there's comfort and then you know, all the stuff in between and the stuff that, There's a you know, breadth of human experience in those things. Exactly. And, <laughs> and, you know, we've, we've been, you know, this is kind of fresh on my mind because we've been in a series through Romans and we spent like the last two months in Romans eight, uh, where, you know, ev- literally everything in your life for the, for the Christian's life is meant to make you more like Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, and so, yeah, that absolutely is tough in the middle of it, but, you know, Paul's kind of blunt in saying, I consider the present sufferings not worth comparing to the future glory. Right. And, you know, so there's, you're, you're exactly right. The entire breadth of human experience is covered in scripture. Yeah. It's, it's, it's beautiful. And actually you probably have about 50 episodes that we can talk, that we could go <laughs> listen to. About, I think it's, I tell you, I went on your podcast and I was actually, I, I went and listened to it for a couple of times. So I was like, I don't know if I'm smart enough to be on this podcast, man. <laughs> I'm just a nerd, man. Like I'm, <laughs> you know, stuffing circuit boards can can be a pretty mindless task. So I like to keep my mind activated. So I'll listen, you know, I'll listen to your your standard, you know, guys Piper and Sproul and etc. But then then I'll also listen to guys like Michael Kruger and James White talk about textual criticism just to see if I can hope to grasp onto some of the <laughs> concepts. And a lot of times it goes right over my head, but. Other times I learned some new Greek term or whatever, and it's just like, oh, this other thing makes sense now because I know this. So right. there's, you know, you know, it's trying to stretch my mind around around some of these bigger truths. And man, it's I enjoy it. You know, I'm I'm kind of a dork, but and I and I get that some people don't have the luxury of six or seven hours of mindless time <laughs> to <laughs> listen to listen to other nerds do their thing. So, you know, it is what it is, I guess. That's awesome. And then now you've, you've named a number of your pedals all have it, like all having to do with a lot of this church history. Like you have your exactly, Piper overdrive, yeah. you have your, your Edwards. I mean that, yeah, it's, it's funny. I was, ex- I was explaining to somebody or I was doing my best. I was like, like E89. I'm like, well, it's a combination of the John Edwards overdrive, the Edwards overdrive, which is John Edwards. Yeah. And then the 1689. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the idea is that there was, there was a uh, was it the Mes- Westminster Confession? Yes, yes. In 1689, so, where they took something good and made it better, and somebody's just looking at me and they're like, "What in the world yeah. are you talking about, dude?" I'm like, yeah. "Right." <laughs> but yeah, it's awesome. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's it's kind of funny. Uh, people see the name Westminster Effects and they think, obviously, the Westminster Confession, but then they think I'm Presbyterian and I'm not. It just sounds better than 1689 London Baptist Effects. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, the Piper Drive was one of one of my very first pedals. And um, I don't remember if I told the story or, or not last time I was on here, but John Piper actually owns a prototype Piper Drive. No way. And, yeah, he's, he's originally from Greenville, uh, like 20 minutes from where I live. And he was in town for uh, some kind of event several years ago. And I gave him one. And his response was... I don't know what to do with this. (laughs) (laughs) 
And I was like, well, if you ever learn how to play guitar, this will change how it sounds, or you can use it as a paperweight. Can we get a selfie? (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. So just throwing out stuff to, to guys who have, you know, I haven't read a ton of Zwingli, but he did. He had some great contributions during the Reformation. Uh, but you know, guys like Edwards or Augustine or Calvin, like guys I or Spurgeon, guys I have read, or uh, throwbacks to the Nicene or Chalcedonian creeds that have been so instrumental. Like, you know, I want to I want to celebrate those, point people to them, and be like, these guys had a lot of really good stuff to say, and you should probably pay attention to it. <laughs> so, what's your what's uh we'll, we'll jump we're going to talk effects in a second here, but what yes. what's like your most obscure. Like what's 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 which one of your pedals do people the most go like wait what? Uh, well, okay, so I might step on a couple toes, but I don't do it maliciously. Um, <laughs> the Osteen, di- yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> no, the uh, the Osteen distortion has gone over a couple people's heads. Um, it's my favorite one. Yeah, um, I won't I won't mention any names, but I recently met. Uh, some guy, really good guys, and um, they they just totally missed the joke of the Osteen distortion, and <laughs> they're like, "Oh yeah, well we have this this relationship with this guy at his church," and they go, "Do they know about it?" And I was just like, "I kind of hope not right now." <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there's there's definitely uh that that kind of that some people have missed. Uh, otherwise, I mean, I don't have anybody like really obscure, probably the most obscure is John Wycliffe, uh, who's on my fuzz pedal, uh, where the, the art is a pile of bones on fire (laughs) (laughs) because he was, uh, he was instrumental in, in the very first English translation of the Bible. And at that time, uh, the Roman Catholic Church was not a fan of such things, mm. and and they anathematized him after he died. So they they dug up his bones and burned them forty years after he died. Wow, Dude, <laughs> yeah, just crazy. as a just as like an ult, ultimate kind of slap in the face, I guess. Even yeah. even though he wasn't there to experience it, so a lot of people don't get that art, but that's okay because it's <laughs> buzz and it's supposed to look metal. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Well, let's, let's talk about, uh, like what you have been doing. So obviously, yeah. um, so I, I still love my, my E89. It's, it's, yes. I, I use it on almost every song. People see him on the, on the tone lessons. Um, <coughs> excuse me. You just came out with a version two of that. Yeah. You've been changing the art on them. Um, one thing that's had me really intrigued is, uh, is the, is the Geneva amp sim you sent me, which, yes. because I have an AC 30. Mm-hmm. And uh, I almost cried when I first plugged it in again because for a long time I, <laughs> I when I first started worship artistry I, I I was in a really small space and there was no place to put an amp without blowing out the microphones and everything, right. and so I I just ran it through GarageBand and and used that and then as I, I moved to different space and then I was like oh I can put my amp in here and I can mic and I like the amount of inspiration that I had the moment I strummed that first oh, yeah. chord it was like this just does not compare like. And, um, and, uh, and on top of it, you know, like a lot of times I think people, when you think of amp simulation, you think of like a line six board or whatever, like an all in one kind of a thing, which mm-hmm. are great. Yep. They were great. We did a, we actually created a patch for the pod XT or HD 500, something or other a while back, oh, yeah. um, borrowed one of those and created a patch. And I was like, I was like, yeah, this, this sounds fine. But I'm also, when it comes to my effects, like 
I like knobs, buttons, and switches. Like that's yeah. Like exactly. if you put me on a digital thing, I'm just like ah, I I don't know what to do. Um, it just doesn't feel as tactile to me, and that's probably some yep. of my just having grown up doing it with the pedals, right? So oh yeah, every year, you know, like for my birthday, like <laughs> oh, I need money for this new pedal, right? Um, so along comes this Geneva amp simulator, which simulates an AC30. It's like an amp simulator, but it's mm -hmm. in a stomp box. And yep. it's not like 20 simulators. It's just like one. It's like, is this what you're looking for? And uh, it's it's been sitting in my office. I tried it in the studio and I was like, wow, this sounds really good. I was really surprised. I'm actually going to do a comparison video. Um, yeah. And yeah. I actually tried it this week at church just to just to give it a go. I was like, mm -hmm. I got to actually hear this in context, see how it goes. And I was like, man, this is this is really fun. Um, so tell me, tell me a little bit about kind of what what goes in, like, what is an amp, an amp simulator? Like, why is it that when I plug a distortion pedal straight into a line and then go into like mm -hmm. a PA system, it sounds like total garbage. And then when yeah. I throw in, uh, I switch to the little amp simulator thing and all of a sudden it's like, oh, now that sounds like a mic amplifier. What, what do you do? What, what magic <laughs> is happening in that box? Hamsters on wheels. They're really <laughs> tiny hamsters. Um, but, you know, there's, you know, first off, there is, I don't think, there's any true substitute for for a speaker pushing air. Uh, there's just always going to be something magical about that. Um, like I've, I've owned an AC30 before, an AC15. I'm currently on, uh, particularly with uh, my my Christian metal band. And no, we don't sound like Skillet, for the record, <laughs> um, since I always get that question. Um, there was, does you know, Skillet I, count as a metal band? Uh, Were they, would we put them in that category? I don't really. I'm, no, not, I'm no. not a huge knower of Skillet, no. but every once in a while I hear a song and I go, "Oh, that's not. That's not that. You know." I'll refrain like from further okay. comment. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but right now I'm on a, a Marshall DSL 40 CR and just love the thing. It's it's just so much fun to play with. Um, but at the same time, like I get that you know people are trying to run silent stages, and that's even happening with bar bands a lot of mm -hmm. times now too. Uh, just because there's more control that you can be had if that can be had if everything's silent. Um, at the same time, you have people going to the Line Six Helix and stuff like that, and there's nothing wrong with it. Some of them, some settings sound absolutely fantastic. But uh, as I'll give credit of, for this phrase to uh, Brian Nutter of Nutter Guitars, who was in the next booth over at Summer Nam last year, he said. It, basically what you're doing is you're playing with electrons instead of ones and zeros. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's, you know, the Geneva is all analog. It, it has, it effectively has JFETs in place of, of tubes. Mm -hmm. um, that's basically how it works. Um, and then especially with the cab simulator that the reason that, uh, you know, running a drive or a distortion straight into a line sounds so bad is because that shrill high end hasn't been attenuated. Mm. where where normally if you run it through an amp the speaker and the eq section kind of helps do that naturally uh you know when you're vibrating paper cones and you know having that push uh air molecules around it just naturally warms it up mm -hmm. and that's that's the same thing that the cab sim with the xl out xlr out uh does on the geneva amp sim is it just kind of helps tame it and acts relatively like a speaker and mm -hmm. and though it's it's not quite as magical i don't think as as a true amp it's about as good as you can get without it being an amp and 
having way more control than you would otherwise. Well, there's, there's control. And then there's also even just for, you know, I think about, so my amp, I think weighs like 78 pounds. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, Those AC thirties will, (laughs) you can, you can throw a disc out if you're not careful. Yeah. Maybe (laughs) maybe that's what's been my problem all this time. Um, but you know, just thinking about, I, I, I think about the more like when, when I was in college or whatever, it was like, yes, tone is there. Look at it. Cause I got time. Uh, yeah. I'll show up a yeah, half right. hour early, get it all set up and get it out. It's like, <laughs> yep. now I'm, now I'm 40 years old. I've got two kids. I've got running a business and I'm playing at church and all those kind of things. Like I just want something. I'm like, yeah, it's got like, and, and, and in my scenario, sometimes too, I look at it, I'm like, yes, it's like some churches you can go and it's like, it's this big building and it's this amazing sound system. And you have this mm-hmm. great sound engineer and it's like, so yeah, dude, get that amp there and get it all dialed because it's like, you're going to get the most out of it, you know? Whereas yep. like in my scenario, that's, I'm also running the soundboard while I'm, while I'm playing mm-hmm. and you know, like yep. there's just a lot of things going on. And so the idea of like, Oh, I walk in with my pedal board and that's it. And I just plug that in and go, yep. Yep. It, there's it, a, it weighs a heck of a lot less. You know, I can throw mm-hmm. it in my wife's Mini Cooper instead of the Jeep if I need to. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. And it's like, the oh, uh, I don't feel like getting gas this morning. Let's, uh, let's yeah, just yeah, take exactly. the smaller car. Yeah. Or, you know, she's going to take the kids. So we got to do it this way. So, um, yep. there are, there are benefits to be had. And I feel like there's, there's such, sometimes such a debate on like, you want this, you want like only this is good or only this is good. But I look at it more from like, what's the cost and the value, right? And, exactly. And sometimes, costs, right. yeah. and sometimes, you know, the convenience and the, and the, you know, 90% versus the hundred percent tone you get in your environment is going to get the job done. And I was actually, like I said, I was really impressed. I love mm-hmm. the fact a, that it was an AC 30. So I was very right. familiar with the tone and like, it's, Oh, of it's, course it's maximum P dubs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, so, <laughs> so just getting to sit there and, and strum away and, and, play lead and be like, no, that's kind of, that's familiar to how it sounds. And yet, yeah. you know, I don't need earplugs in and I can, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot to it that, that is like really, really impressive. Yeah. And, and I've even tried, tried to push toward, you know, maybe touring bands or whoever where, you know, <laughs> you know, you don't have to worry about uh, the half drunk sound guy. Uh, you know, putting, putting a, a, an SM 57 directly over the cone or something like that. It's, you know, you plug it and you're, and you're ready to go. And I mean, I've, I've even played the, uh, the local, uh, metal venue here actually used to have one of the guys who was on the show moonshiners, if that tells you anything. Mm -hmm. So, (laughs) so I've had, had plenty of experience with, with, uh, drunk sound guys, so, or even just, you know, maybe sound guys who don't have a ton of experience, right. uh, they don't, they don't have to be in, inebriated. Um, it, it could just be someone who's kind of a novice where, you know, you don't have to, uh, run back to your amp room or even walk back to the back of the stage. It's right there on your board and right. it's, you know, and the guy's saying, Hey, can you, you know, give me a little less treble, a little more bass or clean it up a little bit and it's, Oh yeah, let me just bend over and take care of it right now. Right. And right. it's simplifies stuff. Yeah. And the, and you know, even if he knows if that's the right question to ask, you know, like, Oh yeah. Like the, sometimes yeah. the EQ can be such a thing that's 
like terrifying to us and like oh i just leave it as it is never mind the fact that the kids all got in there like before the service and just twisted everything and then walked away oh yeah <laughs> but, but yeah, I, especially on those analog boards for sure <laughs> but it's funny like on the i mean you're talking about sound guys i was actually at a show my buddy was like we got to go see this band so i was at a at a bar show and i like i had never heard him before and i get in there and the place is packed and the band starts playing within 10 minutes half the crowd had left that had paid to get in there because the sound was That's rough ear piercing. It was just like, yeah. there were certain frequencies that I don't know if the sound engineer had, I mean, he plays around, he does stuff all over town, but it's like, he's probably lost some frequencies, you know, in his hearing. Yeah. And yeah. so you're just like, it feels like an ice pick is being stabbed into my <laughs> ear and I'm like throwing tissues in. And finally it was like, I can't do this. This is, it's, yeah. it's physically painful to listen yeah. to this, you know? Yeah. And, and that's, so, and that's, that's just, and that's a product of, you know, this is something that I'm big on is taking care of my ear health. Right. Like oh, even, even if I'm running a drill press for five minutes, I'm, I'm throwing in earplugs or if I'm powder coating, cause I powder coat everything myself, um, you know, running those air compressors, um, I'm, I'm going to have earplugs or, you know, in-ear monitors with the podcast on and, you know, so I'm not blowing up my hearing, yeah. you know, for 20 years down the road and, you know, all of a sudden I can't hear those frequencies. Yeah, that stuff matters. We're <laughs> talking about sound engineers and frequencies. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah, there's one time I was at church and the, and the speaker was talking and there was clear feedback, like just, yeah, you know, and it was, and I'm sitting there like, this is, DJ, he's going to do something about this. And it was like one of our, it was like our best sound engineer guys, a recording studio guy, like very, very good at what he does. And I'm like looking back at him and he's just sitting there. And finally, like, I walked over and I tweaked the thing. I was, I was like, dude, do you hear that, that, that feedback? And he's like, no, I don't hear anything. And so, cool. I mean, it was fully just like, yeah, that for whatever frequency was, was not in his hearing anymore. He's a drummer. So he's probably a yep. little, uh, a little yep. less careful in the early days. And, uh, yeah, yeah those crash symbols. Right. It'll get up. you. Right. <laughs> So, so, okay. So tell me this. So, so you, so you've got your amp, your amp simulator. What's, what's kind of, if you were going to put a, a church board from scratch, cause I kind of have like my real simplified, like I've got my compressor on there. I got a volume, mm -hmm. I got overdrive, mm -hmm. uh, you know, two delays is nice to have, not necessary, you know, but like yeah. if you were, if, if you were going to sit down and go like, okay, listen, you're going to start from scratch. Here's your board that you're going to to put together, like, what are the things that you think as, uh -huh. the, as the pedal maker are important? Oh man. Uh, well in, in the worship world, uh, gain stacking, you know, is, is kind of a big deal. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, you, you kind of get that with the E89 where, you know, you at least have a couple different flavors, if not blending those flavors together, uh, just for the different textures that you can get, you know, cause you, you have a pretty wide gain range in a lot of stuff. You could, you could have something pristine clean the entire time, you know, maybe with a song like ever be, or right. you could go up to uh like glorious day where that's, that's a banger all the way through right. <laughs> on, yeah. on electric at least. And uh, you know, so you, you need to be able to cover that entire range. Um, so I'm a big advocate of having at least two overdrives, maybe three, if you're feeling, if you're feeling frisky, uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe even just a clean boost before the drives or something mm -hmm. like that. Um, personally, I run uh, the Calvin Compressor and Zwingli SDD 3K preamp 
um, as my always on secret sauce pedals. Mm-hmm. So, um, what's the, so, so tell me, so tell me about the preamp. I feel like that's something yeah. that gets lost and maybe highly misunderstood. Yeah. So this is, um, it's basically taking the, the preamp section out of a Korg SDD 3000, uh, rack mount delay, which is what the edge used on a lot of U2's 80 stuff. Mm. And, uh, it crams it into a pedal and, you know, it, it I have it set to give just a little bit of an always on boost, just mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, you know, you can turn it into an overdrive if you want. You can turn it into clean boost if you want. Um, but it's it's kind of one of those give me a little more meat kind of things. And mm-hmm. I and I've found it's really helpful, especially with lower output, maybe Telecaster pickup, something like yeah. that. And uh, so those are my always ons, um, and that it's just kind of a sweetener. So. And then I run into, you know, since I build everything on my, almost everything on my board, you know, I have the Augustine clean boost and the Piper drive and the E89 <laughs> and the Puritan, you know, <laughs> just cause why not? <laughs> cause I can, cause you can take it cause you can take it straight to the NAM show and be like, here's all the pedals. <laughs> I may or may not have done that before. Um, <laughs> And uh, yeah, seriously, at Summer Nam last year, I just took my personal rig mm-hmm. <laughs> because I was still on a 32 inch board um, <laughs> where I've 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 scaled it back some. Um, but so anyway, uh, a couple different overdrive flavors, however you get that. Some guys like to uh, play with their volume knob um, or even a volume pedal before those uh, for how hard their guitar signal hits that. You know, there's there's no right or wrong answer there. It's, you know do do whatever works for you um but be able to change up how clean or how dirty you are um i do think a volume pedal or at least an auto swell is helpful um mm-hmm. i just use a cheap uh moor uh what is it boss slow gear clone um cuz i don't i don't like to you know do the back and forth mm-hmm. thing all the time um so i use that and then you know delay and reverb whether you're talking about an old uh boss dd20 which uh, through nose pedal, I now offer rehousings. So uh, shameless <laughs> plug there. <laughs> or or the Line 6 DL4 TC Electronic Flashback X4, which I also mod, another shameless plug. Or, you know, DD500s or Strymon Timelines. I mean, it's there's just so many options, whether, you know, you want to, uh, you want to have a couple of settings and then you just kind of run. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of having more control live. So I have a timeline and I have a preset for every song. Mm-hmm. And that's that's just my thing. I don't like messing with tap tempo in a live situation if I can help it. And I, I do the same thing with, with my with my hardcore band is if we have delay on a song, like there's a preset for that and I'm not messing with the with the tap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, because I'm I have other things to worry about. You're trusting that drummer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we, we do have him on a click, so <laughs> so it helps. Um, and then, you know, a lot of times we, we like to have a couple different variations of reverb, um, whether, you know, especially in the worship world, you know, an RV five on modulate can, can get you places and which I, I did, you know, another shameless plug. I just released my dual mode mod for the RV five where it adds a foot switch. So you can have something else queued up than what's there on the face. Oh, interesting. So, uh, yeah. So, you know, you just stomp on that and you can go from modulate to spring or hall or whatever. And, um, 
and yeah, but I also, you know, obviously build my own reverb pedals, which I also think sound delicious. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm over here looking at my board like, what would I recommend for a, for like a worship guy just starting out? You know, it, it kind of depends on on who that guy is. Right. You know, I'd, I'd probably want to know his style and his guitar setup and whatever um, before we even got there, you know, just... And even even his musical taste, because there's some guys, you know, like myself coming from a higher gain background, um, I'm going to tend to have more gain than other guys Mm -hmm. Um, where other guys, maybe they have a country or blues background. They're going to be a little more backed off in terms of gain, you know, so. Well, I think that I think the key thing that you mentioned is the is the idea of options and how much yeah. has to do with flavor because yeah. you know a lot of times I th- you know when you start out and when you start you know a lot of guys that are playing worship songs sometimes they're guys that have been playing acoustic for twenty years and their church needs to get an electric guitar player and then they're mm-hmm. like oh I've got to jump over onto this now and you know there's there's that feeling of like I I don't know what I don't know and what's the right thing and I put right in air quotes yep. you know because. Yep. Yep. Because it's like, oh yeah, so this is must. Be, like, a lot of worship music has a similar. A lot, a lot of modern white people worship music has a lot of the same <laughs> sound. We'll just say it that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't want to be exclusive there because it's can totally vary, um, but has a lot of the similar tones. And so there's a lot of that feeling mm-hmm. of like, well, I have to run out and I've got to get this crazy expensive reverb and this delay. You know, everything's got to be yeah. Strymon on my board or well, like, and not that those are those are yeah. great. Like I've got an El Capistan that I love. I just every time I get to turn that pedal on, I'm just like, yes, it sounds so yeah. good. Yeah. Um, every time, every time I use the tape on on the Strymon uh, timeline, yeah, it's just like <laughs> let's 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 just turn up the flutter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just warm and fuzzy and makes you just happy. Yeah. And that's yeah. the thing, though, right? Like the idea is for your effects to inspire your playing, not for your playing to defend to depend on all your effects. Exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, being able to kind of approach them in a, in a way that go, that's trying things and then recognize like, it's just like guitars or other, you know, eventually you're going to go, Oh, I've kind of outgrown this one. Maybe I want to go do this one. And there's mm-hmm. the beauty of the beauty of effects is you, you there's reverb.com. You can always turn around and be like, okay, I'm done with this that's one. That's true. I'll that's make somebody else true. happy with it. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. But, uh, but what, so what on, what, well, let me ask you this. So you've, so you've made all these effects now, like, mm-hmm. uh, you're still working, you're still going from like version ones to version twos. You were telling me like, you know, yep. we just did that E89 version two, got like a bunch of different stuff. What do you, um, like what, what brings that about? What, what inspires the change? Like, how do you, how do you change an overdrive pedal? You're like, yeah, I got a good sounding overdrive. And you're like, no, I got to keep messing with it. Yeah. There's, there's always room for improvement. And I guess that, you know, uh, we in America are really uh, influenced by the Protestant work ethic, doing everything to the glory of God and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I know that's kind of the canned Christian mm-hmm. answer. Um, but, but if I can make something better, why wouldn't I, um, if I can, if I can improve the tone of, of something, you know, whether it's incremental or significantly uh, while also improving the functionality, you know, with soft touch, you know, so, uh, you know, when you're running um, sound and playing guitar at the same time, I'm assuming that's a relatively small church. Yes. Um, so, so if you can, if you can operate your pedal board quieter <laughs> without having the big kerchunks <laughs> coming through um, and maybe distracting people, you know, that's, that's a good thing to do. Um, so it's, there's a lot, a lot involved. Some of it's even, uh, 
even based in in convenience. Uh, so with the the, I'm sure you noticed, unless you know your eyesight is just really weird, uh, the knobs on your original E89 didn't line up <laughs> <laughs> because I literally just took the circuit board from the 1689 and the circuit board from the Edwards overdrive and just stuffed them in one one enclosure. Mm-hmm. Whereas now with the version two, that's just one circuit board with, you know, circuit board mounted jacks and, and uh, power input and all of that. Literally the only wires in that entire enclosure are, are for the foot switches. Mm-hmm. And, and so everything's more reliable too. Um, so there's, there's always, you know, room, room for me to improve and, in pretty much every aspect of, of running this business, mm-hmm. you know, marketing or whatever. And, um, so if I can, if I can make it better, I'm going to try. Mm-hmm. I might, I might fail at it, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to try. Well, even like the, uh, even the artwork on your, on your stuff has gotten yes. way more detailed and can you t- tell me a little bit about that change for you? Yeah. About a year and a half ago, uh, Ben Horton hit me up. And, and he was like, Hey, uh, I love your stuff. Uh, I pretty much agree with you on everything, which I don't get very often. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, and by the way, I own a UV printer. Let me print your stuff. And, and he cut, cut me a good price. And I was like, I can't pass that up. Mm -hmm. Um, especially because I had been investigating, finding someone with UV printing capabilities anyway. So, um, we just kind of ran from there. It's, you know, it's not his main thing by any means. And, and, you know, he, he actually owns a West Georgia cornhole and that's his main thing. You know, he's, he's printing these cornhole boards with these UV printers and they look incredible. Awesome. Um, so, so it might be the greatest game of all time, by the way, quite possibly. (laughs) I mean, I I am a baseball fan, but I could give some leeway to cornhole, um, (laughs) Particularly if you're tailgating, you know, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but but then he he just kind of took it upon himself and said, hey, I came up with this idea uh, for a for a Spurgeon Hall reverb for myself. He's like, is it is it cool if I print this? I was like, can I just use this as my art from now on? (laughs) Because it it just looks so good. It was Spurgeon smoking a cigar. Um, (laughs) and, uh, and so we've just kind of run with it from there is going from simple, uh, one color designs. And there's a few that still have that where it's appropriate, uh, like the dually and the E89. I don't know if I could justify having a really busy, uh, right. There's already a lot, there's already a lot going on with all the knobs and everything. Yeah. 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 So, uh, you know, like with, uh, the Edwards or the Nicene reverb or, you know, the Geneva amp sim that you have. There's there's a a whole lot of color and um you know so we're we're trying to make it pop, make it eye catching because you know, you know, we, we are vain people. <laughs> we do like to post our boards on Instagram and uh and it's it's all it, I'm not complaining about that. It's important, you know, beauty is an important thing, even mm-hmm. in the Christian life. You know, we we don't just wear a we don't just wear like burlap sacks all the time and and make sure that our, our the walls in our houses are one color. Um what what's a boring color off white i don't know um (laughs) just beige just beige everywhere beige there we go that's what i was looking for beige everything with our (laughs) with our christian khaki pants and button up white t-shirt or uh collar shirts no that would be joining a cult (laughs) that's that's what that is 
there there is a kingdom hall a quarter of a mile down the road from my house so i've had many conversations when they knock on my door um that's neither here nor there um but yeah like with the version two is it's like let's let's do this up big, big because when i first started westminster effects it was it was let's see what I can manage <laughs> because I had, I had a little bit of experience uh, screen printing my band's t-shirts myself. And, but then once, once the volume got up a little bit, it was like, man, I can't even do this anymore. It's <laughs> let's uh, let's do it up pro. And so, uh, yeah, I've been, I've been really happy with the, the results and thankful to have uh, been around just a couple hours away to hammer this stuff out for me. Like it's, it's, it's really been awesome. Well, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's really cool to see, to see the growth. I mean, I, I, even, like, I remember like you sent me the, the, the E89 and it was like the even version one, but it was like a different yep. version one. And I was like, mm, yep. I even noted like tonally, I was like this one, I'm either I'm taking crazy pills or this one sounds a little better. <laughs> and I don't know. Yeah, it should, it should sound a little better. Um, I had help from, uh, like I'll give credit where it's due, Justin Tenkate of Mezzo Effects actually helped me with the new Edwards uh, Overdrive version 2 mm-hmm. circuit where, where it actually wasn't a whole lot different from what I already had. It was just changing a couple capacitor values and then uh, on, the, uh, on the diode switch, instead of four red LEDs for the higher gain, uh, we have a red and a yellow LED, which is a pretty unique combination Mm -hmm. uh that i wouldn't have thought of on my own so credit to him and then uh yeah the the 1689 side is significantly different uh where it's i mean it's got a charge pump internally pushing it up to uh 18 volts and all that kind of stuff so (laughs) i love that you say that like i should know what that means (laughs) yeah (laughs) they got you with the charge pump it it takes uh (laughs) well it's it's similar to uh to what the clon centaur does Mm -hmm. and 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 it takes um your nine volt power supply and internally ramps it up to 18 gives you a little more headroom and all that kind of stuff and uh you know a lot of people kind of swear by uh you know the 18 volt operation on stuff that's technically supposed to run at nine yeah um sometimes sometimes they have a, a really good point sometimes they don't kind of depends on the pedal uh but yeah the the 1689 was pretty well overhauled and i i think and hope for the better <laughs> oh i think you know i think for sure i mean like i like awesome i plugged it in and i, I mean it looked the same because it's still like the version one one or whatever right and yeah it was yeah, like, yeah and i but i was just like this sound this one definitely sounds different. What, what, <laughs> what happened? What happened to this yeah. pedal? And I already love the old one. I mean, <clears throat> the both. The, it's interesting. Like the overdrives that you chose for it with with you know the Edwards and the sixteen eighty nine. Like that combination mm-hmm. is so good. It kind of put me in the spot of like, oh, I don't need anything else. You know, I've got yeah, my, I've yeah, got yeah. a good sounding amp, and I've got these two, and they both give me something so different, and at the same time exactly. complement each other so well that like in my world, I don't need to go past that. And now you've got them where yeah, you can, yeah. you've got a clean blend knob and all that kind of stuff. What, what was the thought right. behind that? Because that's kind of, I feel like there's some people that are like, how can you not have this? And there's other ones like, I never use that. Yeah. So, so here's the thought. Here's the thought process behind it is people kept asking for it. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's literally all it was, is, is people wanted a clean blend on the 1689. And I said, okay, uh, let's go for it. And um, technically uh, the way that, things are laid out when the knob is all the way to the left, that is maximum clean level. Mm -hmm. So I guess you could call it a clean cut 
and mm-hmm. you know insert marketing speak here about why that's unique and whatever um but you know people wanted it i said okay um i actually don't use the clean blend mm-hmm. on on mine just you know it's just a preference thing yeah uh, but but some people love them yeah. and all right i'll cater to that yeah. <laughs> I, I know I still, I, still gotta, I still gotta play it around play around with it a little bit more because i definitely like uh I've been so used to the uh, you know the other style of it of it so, but oh man, yeah, oh yeah, it's it's really fun, man. I, I you know I hope I hope this is, I, I hope what people hear on this is that it's like, a there's no single way to do things, b yep. things are always yep. changing, and you know see that you that you actually go out there and you trust your ears and you play and you have fun. I it it always it always yeah. makes me sad when I see someone spending all their time on their pedals. And then, mm-hmm. and then rather than practicing or rather, yeah, than, rather than actually like playing and enjoying it. Like, you know, I've, you know, I've got certain songs that, um, like I really like it when I, when I'm teaching a tutorial and there, and there's a note, like, and I sat there for an hour and a half really trying to dial in every tone. Like that's an enjoyable thing for me. I'm going, yep, yes, this absolutely. is, oh yeah. I, cause it's satisfying. You go, oh, I got it to sound like this and I got it to sound like this and I got it to sound like this. But there's mm-hmm. also sometimes on those same songs, it's like, okay, that took that took me 20 takes to get the music video because like, oh, I'm, oh, I missed that one. Or I, oh, I <laughs> yep. stepped on that a little too late or, you know, like, and so there's also something really satisfying about like throw the overdrive on and go. And so absolutely all those, we, we want to be able to enjoy all those things. And, uh, and I never want like effects to be the thing that hinders somebody. They're just supposed to kind of like yep. add and, and make you happier as you play. They're a tool. <laughs> You know, and, and, you know, there's, there's a time and place for a regular old hammer to drive a nail. And then there's, there's a time and place for a nail gun. Um, it's, it's it's not always, which is way more fun. Uh, and you know, you, you run less of a risk of smashing your thumb, but you run a greater risk of shooting someone's eye out with it. And, uh, you know, so there's, there's give and take for, for any amount, any equipment, whether it's pickups or, you know, this sweet push pull pot for the coil tap or whatever, um, like all of that's great, but it it shouldn't be a distraction. It should only be an accentuation. Right. Well, uh, really like what you're doing. Really enjoying, enjoying the, same the same to you. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) You know, we got that, you know, bring your best tagline and it's like, I, I just, that's still like my favorite thing we've ever come up with. <laughs> it's just the like, oh, yeah. bring your best. Cause it just gets better. And what you're doing is like, it was good and it's getting better. And it's like, who knows where it can go. Yeah. I recently, um, well, it was, it was last year where I got back into coaching baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, is that, it's at my old, uh, my, my alma mater, if you will, the, uh, and it's, and it's a Christian school, so mm-hmm. we can be more explicit with that. And so one of my best friends is the head coach. He brought me on to coach catchers, keep stats and all that. And the, the motto that we came up with for this year, um, well, their, their mascot is the Sabres. So it only makes sense to do the whole iron sharpens iron thing. Uh, <laughs> but, but, but we also started pushing everything matters, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, on, on a baseball field, it can mean, you know, not lollygagging between, between practice drills right. or making, making sure you run out of ground ball or whatever, because, you know, that extra pressure, that you put on the defense can cause an error or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then you can directly correlate that to, you know, playing, playing guitar in church or, or any other setting, you know, maybe, maybe you have a cover band or, uh, you know, uh, a nineties pop punk band 
<laughs> whatever, <laughs> whatever. Um, but but if Which you would if be you a lot of fun. It God, it would be. Um. <laughs> I, de- I definitely, I definitely have my guilty pleasure pop punk workout mix. It's oh, def- exactly. It's definitely. Like- I don't, I don't need to work out for it. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but if if you take the approach of everything matters from your preparation to uh, how quickly you can get set up, uh, then then you'll have a mindset shift, which will then, uh, I think, make everything one more efficient, but two more enjoyable Hmm. because you know you're not just fumbling through things you you showed up prepared and you showed up knowing you know which jack to plug your cable into oh yeah all that kind of stuff so so many things everything matters so many things that i mean it's it's funny the the amount of work we sometimes put in to avoid learning a simple skill you know like or like or to save (laughs) save a couple bucks like i'll never forget when i first i didn't have a tuning pedal for nine years. How did you pull that off? Because I was a freaking idiot. And I was just like, I, I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to dull my ear, man. Like, I, I tune by ear. I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm an ear player. That's what I do. I'm not even mad. I'm impressed. But well, <laughs> you would have gotten mad when you were on a, finally on a, uh, I, I finally hit a spot where <gasps> we were playing at this, there's like, con, this like uh, we were doing worship for this conference thing. It's like a couple thousand people there. And everyone's going nuts, and I totally hear my guitar has gone out of tune, but I can't hear it well enough, and I'm trying to tune, but I can't turn it off because I got to hear it. Oh, and I just, no. and I'm just having that like, dang it, I'm getting a, I'm getting it a tuning pedal, and I put it on, and I was just like, this is the greatest purchase I've the, ever made. I've you ever learned made. the hard way. <laughs> yeah, is I've I've told this story. I think I'm I've told it on my own podcast, but uh, when my wife and I were still dating, my wife also plays guitar. Mm. And uh, and that's how we got together. Is she she joined my band, and um, and <laughs> oh, band, band romance. Yeah, and uh, it, but it worked out this time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this was our band. I think third show. We were playing this church show in Columbia, South Carolina, and, and we're killing it. And she breaks a string. She didn't have a backup guitar yet. And and you talk about learning stuff the hard way. So I'm scrambling to throw on, uh, uh an- another string for, her. and she broke like, she broke like the fifth string. Like, how do you even oh, pull that who off? Does right? that? Uh, I mean, I guess she was just wailing on it. And so our singer says, anybody got any jokes? And it's, Oh no, this is happening. Isn't it? And then, and then somebody goes, knock, knock. And he goes, who's there? And dude goes, your mom has cancer. It was just like, what? Oh no. Okay. Okay. Uh moving on. Here's the so, next song. So anyway. All right. <laughs> Thanks, guy. Yeah. Really yeah, appreciate so it. With within two days we had her a uh, another guitar <laughs> on the way. <laughs> we will never have another cancer <laughs> joke at a show. It's not gonna happen. We'll not have that happen again. <laughs> I will pay thousands of dollars to never go through that experience again. <laughs> <laughs> that that show was also one of those where, uh, <laughs> so, you know, the, the 2007 to 2011 era of post-hardcore had a lot, a lot of electronic samples mm-hmm. and, uh, and the guys who were in charge of doing that part, uh, decided to, uh, troll me a little bit at our practice before that. And so they had queued up a sample where they were just like screaming like maniacs in the background of this sample <laughs> and they, for, they forgot to load up 
the proper sample for that show. Of, so of we had to make they a, did. So we had to make a, a disclaimer before we played that song. That show was just a train wreck, but it was a lot of fun. <laughs> it's, me- it's a memorable experience. Oh yeah. Well, and, and and it legitimately was fun. It wasn't one of those where everything went wrong and you just go home all angry at at the entire world. It was it, we had fun. It was we just couldn't get away from everything going wrong. <laughs> well, my friend, uh, I would say this podcast has been both memorable and fun. And uh, yes, it's, I it's concur. Su- super fun to have you on. And uh, it's man, I for those of you who aren't guitar players, I'm sorry if we geeked out. All over the place. We tried to get you some theology in the beginning. Yes. So hopefully you kind of hung in there. I, I'm not if, sorry. I and, don't apologize. And if anything, <laughs> if anything, this should this should uh, help you be able to talk to your guitar players, and you can kind of throw out some yes, throw there out some we go. Terms. Learn that. Just ask your guitar player. Hey man, you got a charge pump in that pedal? Sounds pretty good. We going eight, <laughs> you going you know, nine volt or you going eighteen volt on that one? Because I'm pretty sure eighteen volt generally is is the better choice, the, right? The answer is maybe. <laughs> but but with Westminster effects, don't run it uh, at anything other than nine because you might fry something. <laughs> that's a good that's a good good word. Well, hey, go check out their effects. You can actually check out uh, you can hear them on Worship Artistry because I I use them on the board, and yes. so you hear you hear that E eighty nine in a lot of songs specifically. So uh, when we'll be doing a video on that uh, Geneva Amsim as well, I want to actually compare it to the AC thirty and see how it, see a, how it stands. That'll up. That'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, it should be it should be pretty cool. Let's try it actually play correctly and it'll be all right all right cody thanks so much (laughs) thanks so much for joining us man yeah man thanks for having me that's great man these guys have some great pedals i see for bass players they actually have the preamp and the compressor which is all that i really use on my chain um you know obviously there's some distortion sometimes i'll use a like my sans and preamp has got overdrive so a nice overdrive pedal to add with that and i'm sure one of the overdrive pedals would work for that too something that's kind of tube tube screamer-esque like an old tube screamer yeah uh, but that compression it does help on bass man having a compressor just kind of grab those little notes that jump out a little bit more than the others and just evening up your tone nicely for a band is really helpful yeah i've got the e89 i actually traded him he, he sent it he sent it out for me to check out and then i was like okay how much is this going to cost me because i freaking love this this it actually it actually booted one of my favorite pedals off the board because i liked it so much so wow. I was like, so he's yeah he's done a really nice job and i'm really curious to try out this uh or to do a demo on that Geneva, the AC30 like amp mo- like amp model stomp box thing we talked about. It's just oh, yeah. I've been really impressed with it. So anyway, very cool. I don't want to talk about pedals anymore because I'm sure you know if you haven't turned it off yet, you're about to. So uh, <laughs> let's go ahead and jump into member mail. Hit it. Whoa, that was seamless. 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 I was like, is he going to get it? Does he know what I'm going to say? Does he (laughs) know what I'm asking for? And I was right on it. And I'll tell you what, by next time when we kick off again in January or whenever it is, you'll have to remind me about it again. Yeah, you're going to have no idea what to say. Yeah, I'm like the ancient of days. I start forgetting (laughs) stuff. (laughs) So our member mail today, the final member mail of the season, comes to us from Lane up in Lake Country, BC. Our brother to the north. It's God's country, man. Have you, been, have you ever been been up in like in Vancouver, Kelowna? Oh, yeah, absolutely, there? absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's incredible. Yeah, it's beautiful. Pretty nice. So, anyway, uh, today's come from comes from Lane. He says, "Hi guys, I've been meaning to send in this question for some time, but our circumstances have changed at our church, so it wasn't totally relevant. 
It was on behalf of our worship team leader who has since left our church and is now a correctional officer at a prison. Because that sounds like a logical trajectory, right? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, since I will now be leading a team going forward, the question is relevant again. What strategies, how do you lead while playing an electric guitar? Our former leader felt that he was overplaying, and so he would favor an acoustic instead. However, there are some songs that just scream for an electric. Going to miss the show as you go in the summer. You'll be back in September, right? Thanks, Lane. Yes, we will be back in September. And I feel like we've talked about something like this before, but we can kind of dig into it again. Am I, am I right? Have we done Have we done that or is this just been I think, around I think we have. It's, it's been in our conversation for sure. For sure. But uh, yeah. How, what are your how, thoughts? Well, let me ask you this. How do you play? <clears throat> let me ask you this. What is it like to go through puberty again? <laughs> uh, let me ask you this, Daniel. What is it like? Do, how do you pl- change your playing if someone's leading on an electric guitar? Well, I remember, yeah, so it actually changes the whole vibe quite a bit. I, I actually toured with Matt Marr and he would play piano and then he would play a telly. So I expected him to play acoustic um, and then and he didn't. He jumped on, on telly and started playing like electric on telly with like a box with a slight overdrive. Um, I feel like it becomes, it, it, you know, often it'll bring a bit more of a rock vibe to the whole thing depending on the style of the guitar player. You know, sometimes the guitar player will be will be playing it almost like an acoustic and having a jangly kind of tone like if you're playing a strat or something like that where it's not it's not very driven um you know someone might have a, like a jazz chorus amp that they're playing through or something like that roland jazz chorus or something so it can be really chill as well like an acoustic uh, but if he's if he's got any distortion or overdrive happening then it often brings it to more of a rock vibe and then usually myself and the drummer will just start to be way more um, intentional about playing more drivey kind of t- bass lines as opposed to more doodly kind of groove based bass lines. So I'll end up playing more straight eighths or you know eighth notes or uh, that kind of vibe. And then the drummer will also back down and play more straight rock and roll, I suppose. And then the, that just depending on how funky the the guitar player is. If he's more like a if he's playing kind of like funky guitar parts, then we might end up grooving a bit more. But that's the kind of general rule as far as I know on worship songs. What about your thoughts on this? Well, I will say that you definitely need a bass guitar or something holding down that low range when you play, when you lead on electric. I actually, um, I often don't have a bass or drums. So like for me as an acoustic player, um, I actually tried tried that. I was like, oh, I want to try out the, uh, I want to try out this Geneva preamp. So I, I brought it to church that I'll try going on electric. I had strong players around me, but about halfway through, I just abandoned and went back to the acoustic. Not because the guitar tone was bad. It was, it was awesome. But I usually play the role of kind of driving per- percussion and kind of filling in that space. And so, you, so I was trying to change up and play like a lead player, but I didn't quite have the group around me that could like then hold down the, the, the rhythm per se that I could really trust for that. Cause we don't, we don't have our own building. So we have limited times that we can practice. And so, um, yeah. So that was something like very noticeable. It's like, oh man, this sounds great, but man, we really need bass and drums if we're going to make this work. So I think that's that's uh, that's one of the things. Or the other thing is if you if you can play um, if you're just on your own, which I don't think Lane's asking, but it sounds like he's actually playing with the team. But um, mm-hmm. I've definitely heard it's been cool hearing some like singer songwriters that have done shows that I that they've normally done acoustic and then they just play on an electric guitar instead. It kind of just helps vary up that tone a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's kind of that. Uh, so that can work in a, in a worship setting. I definitely enjoy doing that. The key is you have to keep in mind that you still need some kind of rhythm to help everybody 
you know, pick up on. I think a lot of times electric guitar players, they just want to throw on a bunch of pedals and, you know, and play around with it. And it's like, okay, not everybody can follow what's in your brain. Like you need, you need to make sure that everybody's on, on, on the same page there. So, um, yeah. So from that perspective, and then the other thing is, you know, if you're going to be an electric guitar player leading worship, you have to think more like an electric guitar player and you have to have some like, you know, unless you're going to go with like drivey, almost like punk kind of stuff. Cause obviously that's like, that totally works. That, that guitar, guitar is built for that. Right. Um, but if you're going for more kind of the more quote unquote modern worship sound, which I hate even saying that, but you know what, you know what I'm talking about. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, having, uh, you can't just like chunk on power chords through there, you know? So I might suggest kind of doing both, maybe like using the electric guitar as a change from what's going on. Maybe you play your first two songs on electric and then switch to an acoustic or vice versa. Um, a lot of different ways you can go with it, but you just have to make sure that your band can really carry that rhythm so that you can really trust that rhythm section so that you then as a, as an electric guitar player can find your space in it and like sit back in it rather than feeling like you really have to drive it. Yeah, that's good. That's good stuff. Um, well, guys, I think that's going to wrap it us. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect. That's just the last line of your whole podcasting season. <laughs> perfect. Well, guys, <laughs> I think we're going to wrap it up. You know, I'm going to leave that in. I'm going to leave not? that in. Leave it in. Because you I need to, you. you need to know we we do that kind of stuff all the time. Normally, I just edit it out. <laughs> but in this case, it's the last one. We're having some fun. Um, yeah. Guys, if you have member mail questions, you know, even though we are not answering on the show for the next uh, couple months, you can still email us support at worshiprsg.com. Um, usually, usually we, that stuff's usually built around the website or some real simple things. Um, I do my best to kind of answer those. So does Daniel, everybody. Um, we really do our best to still stay connected that way. Uh, you can also hit us up uh, on our Facebook page with a direct message. We're happy to speak with you there. And um, keep an eye out. We're actually bringing in a lot more like social media things to try and help us connect with our, our membership and just and just uh, the worship community in general. So we're really kind of excited about some of the changes that are happening there. And uh, if you guys want to learn some worship songs, I know a great place you can do it. You can go to worshipartistry.com where you can learn five-piece arrangements, uh, electric guitar, acoustic guitar, bass, drums and keys, and soon uh, vocal parts as well. And uh, your band can sound awesome, and then you can learn learn what we do, and then take it somewhere else, and actually like make it more your own. So um, we highly encourage you to do that. You should go check it out. You can try it out for free. Daniel. Yes. Ah, I'm gonna miss you. I'm gonna miss you too, man. I'm guess I'm gonna have to just <laughs> talk to you again tomorrow without recording. Give me a call. Give me a call. I love it. All right, brother. <laughs> All right, everyone. We will see you next season. Enjoy. Cool. What is going on right now? <laughs> this is just chaos right now. There's a screaming dog. There's there's the there's like an ambulance or something. And a, and the laughing Bethany. And the laughing Bethany. Nobody ever gets to hear that. It's so good. So <laughs> I'll be honest. I've been talking with you from jail. I just <laughs> I've, I've just escaped. They're looking for me. I gotta go. Uh, what's more scary is that Bethany's in jail with you.